Um, so I am Emily Robley. I'm one of the third year residents at the University of Cincinnati Emergency Medicine uh, Residency Program. And I went through the paper by McLaren et al. called Using ECG to Activation Time to Assess Emergency Physicians Diagnostic Time for Acute Coronary Occlusion. The authors of this paper acknowledged that time is myocardium and minimizing door to balloon time in patients with acute coronary occlusion makes a huge difference in patient outcome. Um, and they wanted to propose a new metric to assess the physician's role in decreasing door to balloon or door to activation time. So they proposed ECG to activation time as a way to kind of assess the physician's role in decreasing that door to balloon time. This was a retrospective chart review at two academic urban centers in Toronto. And they looked at all cath lab activations that were started in the emergency department by emergency department physicians for a three-year period from January 2016 to December 2018. So all patients who went to the cath lab after being activated from the inpatient wards or from the field and other hospitals were excluded. So this was only activations of the cath lab that happened from the emergency department. So they looked at all of the EKGs that ended up with cath lab activations, and they had two physicians take a look at all of those EKGs and classify them as STEMI, STEMI-equivalent EKGs that met criteria for subtle occlusion or EKGs with no identifiable sign of occlusion. They then measured the EKG to cath lab activation as was documented in the medical record. After they looked at all of these cath lab activations, they ended up having 244 that met their criteria. Um, and 177 of these activations had culprit lesions, whereas 67 had no culprit lesions at all. Um, and 6.6 .6 of the activations had no active MI and no, no uh, culprit lesion, which basically represented EKGs with erroneous interpretation. So the results that they found, um, the patients with culprit lesions had a median EKG to activation time or ETA time of 16 minutes. And very interestingly, for patients who had EKGs that were labeled STEMI by automated interpretation, the ETA time was only 6.5 minutes. And this was contrasted to an ETA time of 66 minutes for EKGs without an automated interpretation of STEMI. So it seemed that the automated interpretation really made a huge difference in ETA time for those patients. For all EKGs that were classified as STEMI by the physicians who were analyzing them, the ETA was eight minutes. And for STEMI equivalents, the ETA time was 32 minutes, and that was found to be a very statistically significant difference. For the EKGs that met criteria for subtle occlusion, ETA time was 89 minutes. And that was no different uh, or no statistically significant differences found between the ETA time for EKGs with no diagnostic sign of occlusion, which was 68 minutes. So these rules for subtle occlusion that the authors of the paper were using um, really had no difference from the EKGs that had absolutely no signs of occlusion at all. Um, so those were the main results of the paper. Essentially, the authors of this paper were proposing that ETA time could be a new quality metric for emergency physicians for like quality improvement initiatives um, and for emergency physicians and cardiologists to set new quality benchmarks. Um, I think it's very important to acknowledge that 
trying to improve ETA time needs to be balanced against the risks of unnecessary cath lab activation. And that was something that the, that the authors of the paper did acknowledge was important to keep in consideration. I think the results of this paper showed that automated interpretation really helps physicians make rapid decisions about cath lab activation since the ETA time for um, EKGs with an automated interpretation of STEMI was much shorter than ETA time without the automated interpretation of STEMI. However, we really need to be careful to not rely on this automated STEMI interpretation because it really isn't always accurate. And the authors of this paper found that 82.3% of classic STEMI EKGs were labeled as STEMI by the automated interpretation, but it missed about 20% of the actual STEMIs. And then for STEMI equivalents, the automated interpretation detected only 6.7% of those and 10.3% of the subtle occlusions. The uh, significant difference in ETA time for the automated interpretation STEMI shows that we do rely on the automated interpretation of the STEMI on the EKG when we really can't because it's not always accurate. And I think that's very important to acknowledge that this paper seems to show that we do rely on that STEMI automated interpretation. And then I think the final takeaway from the paper is Emergency physicians are pretty good at identifying STEMIs since these had the shortest ETA time, but there's a significant longer ETA time for STEMI equivalents, which implies that EKG, these EKGs take longer for physicians to recognize. And then ETA time was equivalent for subtle occlusion and the EKGs that showed no diagnostic signs of occlusion, which suggests that no one really pays much attention to the rules for subtle occlusion, which were proposed by the authors. They did acknowledge a couple of limitations in this study. Um, there was a lot of selection bias since the study did not include canceled cath lab activation. There was also survivorship bias because the patients who died in the ED before making it to the cath lab were not included. And then there was also significant misclassification bias due to the exclusion of patients who were on inpatient wards who didn't have the cath lab activated in the ED, but then later went to the cath lab from the wards. So um, I think that that last um, bias uh, with the misclassification bias is the most significant one because we underestimate missed occlusions because of the exclusion of the patients who went to the wards from the ED and then went to the cath lab. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from this paper is we need to make sure that we're seeing EKGs immediately after they're performed by ancillary staff, and we really need to improve upon our abilities to identify semi-equivalents and activate the cath lab as quickly as we would for the classic STEMIs. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another Taming the Shrew podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care.